Hi, and welcome. So glad you have chosen to join us this day. Do you ever regret things and you're like, man, I wish I could let that go? Or do you wish you could change your past? Or maybe you long for something from the past and it just like, it has such a hold. It was so good and you wish for it. You ache for it right here, right now that it just, it has some power. The past is a weird thing because it can have so much power, whether good or kind of more on that negative side. It can take up a lot of our energy, a lot of our brain space. And how do we deal with that? When it begins to have an oversized impact on our time and our energy, how do we deal? How do we move forward? How do we move through those regrets of life? How do we go, you know what, I need to get a little more peace with the past, whether that's with situations or with others. So for today, we are looking at a story where this guy named Moses, he is in an all-out argument with God, and he absolutely does not want to face his past. He has run from it. And he's like, no, I'm at peace over here when really, no, you're just ignoring it and you're not actually at peace with the past. So Moses, he's this guy who is an Israelite, uh, also known depending upon the time period, he's a Hebrew. And so he is one that has one foot in the Israelite community while at the same time, Pharaoh's daughter raised him as her own. And so that that's a whole story that I totally recommend reading, but today we're not really going to get into that aspect. But as a reminder, he grew, he grew up as royalty. He grew up in Pharaoh's household. He grew up with the Pharaoh that is now, and he is on the run because he killed a guard, which that's a little kind of weird part about this story, because when you're royalty, nobody cares really what you do unless it has something to do with Pharaoh's power. But he, he ran, and he ends up in the land of Midian. He ends up being taken care of by a guy named Jethro, who then allows him to marry his daughter. And so he's made a life. And the part of the story that we find him today it's been 40 years, and that's a reminder of, it, when we find that in scripture, it just means a complete time. We don't actually know, but he has completed his time in that capacity, and now it's time for him to go back. And God's like, hey, I need you to go do this. I need you to face your past, because I need you to help the Israelites. And Moses is making every excuse why he can't, why he can't let go why he can't face those things, why those regrets are absolutely consuming his life. And so for today, we are going to read through that argument between him and God and how in the world does that help us. So before we begin, let us pray. God of wonder, as we so often have regrets in our life, as things from the past have some power over us, whether it's we spend too much time longing for it, 
or we just feel like we wish we could have changed it. Help us, oh God, this day to gain some knowledge, to gain some wisdom, to understand practical things for ourselves that are connected to you. Amen. Starting in Exodus 4, verses 1 through 5. Then Moses replied, but what if they don't believe me or pay attention to me? They might say to me, the Lord didn't appear to you. The Lord said to him, what's in your hand? Moses replied, a shepherd's rod. The Lord said, throw it down on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out and grab the snake by its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and turned it back into a rod in his hand. Do this so that they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, Abraham's God, Isaac's God, and Jacob's God has in fact appeared to you. So Moses is like, okay, what excuse can I make now about why I can't go back to Egypt? Nope, I need to stay here in Midian. I need to be avoiding all of those problems of the past that obviously I haven't made peace with. And it's kind of interesting. God's like, no, okay, you've got to go back. And he goes, uh, but I need a sign. Like, they're not going to believe me. And God's like, no, like you need to go. And so this moment of God saying, I want you to throw the rod down and it turns into a snake. The Egyptians could do this trick. Like this is like a magic trick. And so really there's way more meaning here. Like God's like, I need you to throw down what you think, what, what is holding you back from facing this. And so Moses throws down his rod and then God's like, and it turns into a snake and Moses jumps back, right? Moses is like, I don't want any part of that, right? What from the past, what regret has us a little bit fearful, has us, I don't want to deal with that. And God says, hey, Moses, I need you to grab that thing by the tail, I need you to grab hold of that regret. I need you to grab hold of the past and face it. And when Moses grabs hold of it, it changes. Now, Moses didn't grab it by the head. God's like, no, grab it by the tail. So a little bit of a safety thing, although I'm not grabbing any snakes. Oof. And so that sense of grabbing hold in a safe way, a safer way of going, wait a minute, I need to face this. I need to deal with this. And maybe... That safer way comes by having help from someone else. Maybe it comes from seeking out and learning different ways of grabbing hold of, of saying this regret, this past will no longer have a hold on me. And then it changes for them. And to recognize that sometimes when we're willing to show up, especially with God, and to face things of the past, to say, wait a minute, this has way too much power over my life right now, that it can absolutely change how we not only understand it, how we view it, but how we begin to move through it. Continuing on in verses 6 through 10. Again, the Lord said to Moses, Put your hand inside your coat. So Moses put his hand inside his coat. When he took his hand out, his hand had a skin disease, flaky like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your coat. So Moses put his hand back inside his coat. When he took it back out again, the skin of his hand had returned to normal. If they won't believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second sign. If they won't believe even these two signs or pay attention to you, 
Then take some water from the Nile River and pour it on the dry ground. The water that you take from the Nile will turn into blood on the dry ground. But Moses said to the Lord, My Lord, I've never been able to speak well. Well, not yesterday, not the day before, and certainly not now since you've been talking to your servant. I have a slow mouth and a thick tongue. All right. So God's trying to prepare Moses, right? God's like, you need to throw that down. You need to face that. You need to grab hold of that fear. You need to grab hold of that regret. You need to grab hold of whatever is bothering you from the past. And then this image of the hand of Moses, you think that by running off to Midian, you have found peace, but really you're not healed. And here, Moses puts his hand, takes his hand out. It's, it's not healed. There's an issue. He puts it back in. He brings it out. It is healed. It's that moment of recognizing where are those places in our own lives where we absolutely need healing from past situations, past relationships, past things that still have too much of a hold on us, that still take too much of our thoughts, too much of our energy, too much of our time. Where are the places that we absolutely need healing? And then this imagery of where God's like, and if they still don't believe you, this imagery of take water from the Nile, pour it on the dry ground, and it'll turn into blood. All right. For the Egyptians, the Nile River is life. There is the God of the Nile. Life, right? Water is life. It feeds crops. It feeds animals. It feeds the people. So they understand the Nile being life. For the Israelites, the life force is in the blood, right? The blood that courses through our veins, that's what gives us life. That is their understanding. And so here, God is like this symbol of life. And Moses, there is life. It may not be what the Egyptian life, but there is absolutely life. And to think about that, of how Moses is being challenged to give, to bring the symbol of life to the people of Israel. But he has to face his past. He has to face those things that he's been trying to avoid, that he absolutely is not at peace at, with in order to bring more life. And then with all of that, it, it's really kind of interesting, right? Because Moses is like, yeah, still not going to do it. <laughs> Moses is like, nope, I can't talk. No way I'm going back. It's yet that another excuse of going incapable, not enough, can't do it, won't do it, won't face the past, will not face those regrets, will not learn from them, will not, will not allow the past to be at peace. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, why is it? Why won't we let ourselves be at peace with the past? Why won't we move through those regrets? Why will we not let stuff go? Is it because we think we can't? We won't? Is it because we've grown accustomed to being around it? Is it because that's what we're used to? We can't change? Back to changing that understanding of life with the Nile and the blood, right? Of going, wait a minute, how do we change 
our understanding of what a life that is thriving, a life at peace, what does that begin to look like that challenges how we hang on to things from the past? And so here Moses is absolutely fighting against that. And how often do we ourselves find ourselves fighting against it, going over those thoughts, going over those memories of not allowing ourselves to move forward? Continuing on in verses 11 through 15. Then the Lord said to him, who gives people the ability to speak? Who's responsible for making them unable to speak or hard of hearing, sighted or blind? Isn't it I, the Lord? Now go, I'll help you speak and I'll teach you what you should say. But Moses said, please, my Lord, just send someone else. Then the Lord got angry at Moses and said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak very well. He's on his way out to meet you now, and he's looking forward to seeing you. Speak to him and tell him what he's supposed to say. I'll help both of you speak, and I'll teach both of you what to do. <laughs> so Moses still, I don't want it. God's like, I will help you. I will help you have strength. I will be with you. God is committing to Moses and saying, I will not abandon you. And for ourselves, of recognizing that commitment of God, not just to Moses, but to us, of saying we will never be abandoned by the strength and the love of God, by the peace of God. But it might mean we still have to face things. We still have to confront things that are disrupting our peace that we've been trying to avoid. And so here as... God is like, no, 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 I'm with you. Moses once again pushes back and says, nope, not going to do it. I don't want to. And God gets angry. I imagine this scene more like a parent-child kind of thing where the parent says, no, you really do have to clean your room. You have to clean your room right now. And it has been negotiating for some time. And the kid, right, every excuse, in fact, gets really creative with the excuses could probably win an award for coming up with most creative excuse of why not to clean the room, or even in the way they dramatize why they can't clean the room, could win an Academy Award. And so to recognize there's this moment where the kid is just all in on the excuses and the parent finally throws up their arms and says, you know what, this is exactly what you're going to do and you're going to do it right now. And so God's like, nope, actually you're going back and you're going back right now. Aaron, your brother, going to meet you, but you're going. No more negotiation. And for ourselves, when we're thinking about those moments where we need to be like, you know what, no more negotiating. It is time to face those things of the past, those regrets, with God's peace, with God's love, with God's forgiveness, with God's presence. And how does that begin to change us? How does it begin to change our perspective? How does it begin to release those things from having such a hold upon our lives, from taking up so much space and time and energy of our lives? Continuing on in verses 16 through 20. Aaron will speak for you to the people. He'll be a spokesperson for you and you 
will be like God for him. Take this shepherd's rod with you too so that you can do the signs. Moses went back to his father-in-law Jethro and said to him, please let me go back to my family in Egypt and see whether or not they are still living. Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. The Lord said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt because everyone there who wanted to kill you has died. So Moses took his wife and his children, put them on a donkey and went back to the land of Egypt. Moses also carried the shepherd's rod from God in his hand. All right. So Moses gets the message loud and clear. There is no more negotiation. You're going to go back. You're just, you're going to have to figure this out. Aaron is going to go alongside him. So he is going to have help. He's going to have help from God and he's going to have help from his brother Aaron. And he goes to Jethro who is his father-in-law, who has protected him. And he says, I need to go back. And Jethro says, go in peace. Jethro knows Moses needs to go back and face things. That Moses needs to go back and deal with those regrets, deal with those things that continue to disrupt his peace. And that he needs to go be of help to others. So Moses gets this word of peace from Jethro he puts his wife and his children on the donkey and he starts down this journey. But it's interesting what he takes with him, right? He takes with him the shepherd's rod from God in his hand. Because there's still fear and God actually says it to him of recognizing, I recognize the real reason why you don't want to go back to Egypt. The real reason is go back to Egypt because everyone there who wanted to kill you has died. Everyone that you had an issue with, Moses, they're not going to be an issue for you any longer. Go back, but take the rod with you. The rod here being that concrete representation of God's presence with Moses. So it's like this reminder to Moses how God is with him. So not only does Moses have to get real about what his issue is about going back, about facing the past, those regrets, that Moses has got to get real honest with himself about what's going on, about his struggles, and that those struggles... Maybe, maybe they don't have as much power anymore over them. Maybe, in fact, they're gone. He maybe has built them up so big. He has allowed them to be such an oversized part. And sometimes we do that, right? We allow the past, especially when things are bad, we allow it to seem worse and to get bigger and to consume more of our lives than what it needs to. Because when we face it, it is so much less. It is so much easier, especially when God's with us. And here, holding that staff for Moses is that reminder that God's going with him, that God has not abandoned Moses. And so for ourselves, even when we're thinking about the things that we need to face, those regrets, those things of the past that have too much power over us, of how do we remind ourselves that God is with us? How do we carry God's strength, God's courage, God's love, God's peace, God's joy? How do we carry God with us? And sometimes we need a concrete representation. So maybe we carry something in our pocket. Maybe we have something on us like a ring or a piece of string. Maybe we carry a card with us. What do we carry with us? 
whether it's concrete or not, that reminds us of God's presence is absolutely with us with whatever from the past that we are facing right now. And how powerful that can be. Because Moses starts off, he is on that journey, no more avoiding. Finishing up in verses 27 through 31. The Lord said to Aaron, go into the desert to meet Moses. So he went and Aaron met him at God's mountain and greeted him with a kiss. Moses told Aaron what the Lord had said about his mission and all the signs that the Lord had told him to do. Then Moses and Aaron called together all the Israelite elders. Aaron told them everything that the Lord had told to Moses. And he performed the signs in front of the people. The people believed when they heard that the Lord had paid attention to the Israelites and had seen their oppression, they bowed down and worshiped. All right. So take note, right? Take note that... Aaron is able to go off into the desert. They're meeting at Mount Sinai. He's off. He's able to leave Egypt. The Israelite elders are allowed to leave Egypt. There doesn't seem to be a problem of a freedom of movement here. And Moses meets Aaron. And Aaron, not only is God's presence with Moses, Aaron, an individual, is with Moses. And then the Israelite elders, the community surrounds. So now when Moses goes to Egypt and has to face the things of his past, with all those regrets of what he did or did not do, of that full interaction, because the Pharaoh he's going to face, the Pharaoh is the one he grew up with, the one that he most likely grew up with, that most likely he was a child with, that most likely... He knew. And what's interesting is when he shows up with Pharaoh, to Pharaoh, they're not going to try to kill him. It's really, there's not going to be an issue until Pharaoh realizes what Moses is going to propose. That Moses is saying, yeah, all the Israelites, all you, that tax base, all of that money, um, I am taking the people to the promised land away from here. Pharaoh then has an issue. But to recognize here that as Moses goes, he is going with God, with an individual, and with a community. And so when we have to face things, when we have to face things of our past that maybe have us fearful, maybe have us make it all kinds of excuses that we are to go that journey alone, that we are to go with God, with another, an individual, individuals, and with a community, that all of those aspects begins, it, it begins to help us with how do we move forward. We move forward with God, individuals, and community. We begin to move forward and take hold of those things that have way too much power over our lives. And that when we do so, we can do a whole lot of good because Moses is going to lead the people out of Egypt. He is going to lead the people to the promised land. Like once he's able to face those things, once he is able to say, wait a minute, no more. You're not going to have an outsized portion 
of power over my life that he is then able to help others. And to think about that for ourselves, of the things that we won't let go of, the things that we can't move forward through, how often does that actually hamper us, that it makes it harder for us? It may actually not allow us to live into our full potential of how we can help others. And so that is the challenge today of recognizing those things and being real honest about, okay, why is this something that I have to deal with? Why is it that I don't want to? Why does it have so much power? Because the other part of the challenge is that when we are able to face those things, when we are able to say, Woo, wait a minute, you shouldn't have that much power over my life right now, we are able not only to gain new possibility for ourselves, but we actually are able to help and bring new possibilities to others. And so how will we be challenged by this story today in the things that hold just a little too much power over us? How will we allow this story to challenge the regrets that we have? How will we allow it to challenge those things that we wish we could change of our past, but we know we can't? How will we allow this story to take those things that even if they bring a smile to us that maybe consume too much when that's all we begin to want is of the past? How will we begin to say, wait a minute, there's so much to move forward with. There's so much to learn from. There is so many new possibilities, not just for ourselves, but for everyone around us. How will we be challenged today? Amen.